The Overcome and Conquer Show is presented by The Project. The Project is a full immersion, 75-hour experience designed for men who know in their core they are not living up to their fullest potential. Rather than waking up every morning ready to dominate life, the mediocre man rolls out of bed and slides into the same unfulfilling routine they've unhappily been in for way too long. The project is for men that have lost their internal flame and motivation to conquer. It's for men living an unfulfilling life that lacks excitement and purpose. Sound familiar? Then listen up. The project is specifically designed to challenge you mentally and physically. We push you to the ledge of self-limiting beliefs and prove you've got much more in the tank. We kill the bitch and unleash the beast. We uncover the demons that hold you back and turn extreme pain into superpowers to dominate life. In the end, we turn mediocre men into modern-day knights. We forge a brotherhood and bond that levels you up as a better husband, father, and friend. But the project is not for every man. In fact, it's not for most. For men who are okay with being in a rut and achieving less than their fullest potential, the project isn't for you. If you're not willing to put in the work to fix what isn't working, the project isn't for you. However, if you're done white-knuckling it through life, living one day at a time with no sense of purpose, and are willing to do what it takes to improve, the project holds the key to unlocking the next chapter. Graduates of the project join a brotherhood of modern-day knights and become the authors of their destiny. They have their fire reignited and reclaim dominance over their family, fitness, finances, and faith. If this resonates with you and you want to learn more, we encourage you to apply today at www.mdkproject.com forward slash OC show. Everybody wants to be on top of the mountain. The problem nowadays is people want to get dropped off at the top of the hill and look down. It's that I overcome mindset that makes all the difference. See, the way we're taught is you're going to claw, you're going to scratch, you're going to bite, you're going to dig, you're going to do whatever it takes to get to the top of that mountain. That unequivocally is how I have managed to keep myself moving forward and finding success. Two seals, one mission. The Overcome and Conquer Show. And welcome back to the Overcome and Conquer show. We got an amazing guest today, an incredible friend to both of us. We go back, God, wow. how many years, man? 20... Buds. Yeah, we go back to Buds. Buds. So this individual, this individual was not in the Smurf crew, though. He probably could have carried <laughs> uh, the entire Smurf crew by himself. <laughs> I'm not going to say who this is, but even now, he wouldn't be in the Smurf crew. And yeah, I, no we'll kidding. get into yeah, it we'll get because, into that, holy but, shit. So, but uh, he is a uh, he is a teammate. He is a friend. He is a brother. He has an amazing story. For those of you that are out there, that right now you're going through the trials and tribulations of life. Maybe you're walking through a life ambush right now. This guy went through an incredible life ambush, and he came out of it just with a smile on his face, with gratitude, just crushing it every single day. And uh, mm. I just, I love him as a brother yeah. and I love him for his spirit whenever I talk to him. So we said, dude, we have to have you on the show. There's no doubt about it. Yes. So Ooh. this is going to be a powerful one. It is. Emotional. I, 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 I think so. So, um, so yeah, man, let's, uh, why don't we just jump right into it? I'm going to, I'm going to do the intro and I want to get this guy on. So, uh, so my man, my teammate, he graduated from uh, Bud's class with us with 202. Uh, hey, did you start with 202? I did. Oh, you were a one shot. Yeah. He's an iron I'm the horse. Only, I'm the only guy here that iron uh, horse like out me. of the three of us that uh, got got rolled back. I did not finish with my original class. But uh, Dan spent time on both coasts while he was enlisted, and then he uh, served with multiple East Coast SEAL teams before he went on doing contracting work with the U.S. government and uh, went on to do uh, tactical training Yep, uh, down in Texas and had a beautiful family and was just living the life, man. He was out there helping others. He was focused on helping wounded warriors. And on September 4, 2018, his life changed in an instant. You talk about an unexpected life ambush. Uh, Dan got in his truck 
and uh, with the kids in the back of the truck and was driving along. And, you know, like many of us, she had sustained a traumatic brain injury from many of the blasts and incidents we uh, encounter overseas and even with all the blasts we encounter in training. And, um, and Dan, uh, Dan had a seizure and he had a seizure which locked him up and shoved down on the accelerator of his truck, which launched it at over a hundred miles an hour. It crossed the median and it struck a large tree that absolutely destroyed the vehicle. The entire front of the vehicle was crushed up into Dan's lap. It crushed his pelvis. It crushed his legs. The vehicle was on fire, massive internal injuries, uh, uh, broken bones in his arms. And I will never forget when I got that call that night, I remember somebody said to me, hey, man, did you hear what happened to Dan? And I said, no, what happened? And they said, yeah, man, he's in the ICU. They don't know if he's going to survive the night. And uh my heart sank. Uh, we've lost too many brothers and too many friends. And uh, it, it started an amazing long journey. But I tell you what, he has recovered. He is doing amazing Whew. things. So uh, without further ado, I want to introduce the man, the myth, the legend, about to be the $6 million man, Yeah, Mr. Dan Licardo. Welcome to the Overcoming Conquer Show. I'm not quite sure I deserve that intro but i truly appreciate it gentlemen you do we're, we're, you we're do, known, my brother dude you definitely deserve it and we are known for our big intros on this show oh, yeah man. it's kind of like we're we're kind of like the viagra of podcast <laughs> intros <laughs> i can dig it. it we go downhill from there but the intro yeah. is great we got the- <laughs> don't worry it, it'll get worse we promise <laughs> sounds so, like a plan yeah man good to be here i appreciate you guys uh Offering to have me on. So my question to you is, uh, before we get into the the meat and potatoes and everything, why don't you tell the audience, because we got a lot of listeners, how I mentored you, how I guided you, how I made you the man you are <laughs> through buds and in life. Because um, true story, I've been with you through a lot of monumental um, points in your life. You know, I remember- you have. With yeah. with Trisha and FYI, my wife loves this man. Literally, she's written me three times. She's given me hearts and flowers, saying, <laughs> "Tell and I look." I'm reading this. Tell Big Dan. <laughs> I said, "I what the fuck is that supposed to mean?" <laughs> well, he is he is a devastatingly handsome man. I mean, you know, and I, I, am and I am straight. Than you. I am straight. <laughs> I love women, but I tell you what, Dan is a good looking man. You know, I mean, it even makes me question you, myself a little bit when I look at him. I'm like. You, he is pretty high. I don't. Does anybody still call you what I call you, Diamond Dan Licardo? Boy, you no, just you. <laughs> this guy has got a smile that makes me question my sexuality. Because yeah, <laughs> yeah, no when he smiles, I'm like blushing and shit. I'm like, oh my god, you, Scott Latalia, Scott Oates. They were like the three Adonises yeah. and Buds, and our excuse me, the SEAL teams. I hated and loved you all equally. Yeah, well, you know. I don't know if I can, I can live up to that, but I mean, uh, I do okay. I do okay. And it's, it's gotten me where I am today as far as, uh, the incredible woman that I'm with. So I'm happy about it. Hey, amen to that. Here's all the incredible women. We, uh, we all managed to, <laughs> to snow into staying with us. I don't know exactly. how we did it. Uh, we, you know, we have all these women that, uh, basically married down to be with us. So shout out to the, to them. So, all right, as we do in every single show, we have the word of the day. Mm-hmm. And because, um, you know, Dan's story is so amazing. When we asked him what his word of the day was, and when he gave it to me, I was just, I'll be honest. I mean, it kind of took my breath for a moment because as someone who has had su- a, such a horrific near-death experience also, it resonated with me and it meant a lot to me, uh, the word that he gave. And I think there's so many people out there who... They take this life for granted. You take the air you breathe, you take the friendships you have, you take all the things we have for granted, not realizing that someday this life will come to an end. And every now and then there are a few of us out there that have one of these moments where we think it is the end. We think it is that moment where you're going to pass on to the other side. And for whatever reason, the big man above gives you that second chance and allows you to stay around. And uh, when Dan told me his word, I mean, it perfectly reflected that. So without further ado, I'm going to turn it over to Captain Care to yeah. uh, get into the word of the day. And then, Dan, we're going to kick it to you on why you chose this word. 
Yeah. You know, usually guys come out of the gate with something funny and hard, but when Jay told me this word, this word describes just the the mental fortitude that, and I'm looking at you, brother, and I love you. And I'm, I swore I would not get emotional during this fucking podcast. You know how much I love you and how far we go back, but it's, it's like a Sarah McLaughlin yeah. TV commercial. Let's go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> all I see are puppies and I'm, I'm already choking That's up. Right. Yeah. That's right. But the word that Dan chose after the event that took place in your life, the dramatic, uh, traumatic event that took place in your life, the word was thankful. Now the, the dictionary, uh, wording of that is expressing gratitude and relief. But I think no one has more of a right to give their definition of that word than you. So Dan, without further ado, what is your definition of thankful? Um, well, I, I think that uh, we all have those moments in life when we take things for granted and, and you know, we, uh, we're not appreciative of what we have and we you know, want more. Um, you know, I definitely have a lot of regrets, uh, throughout my career, things that I wish I would have done differently, um, throughout my life, things I would have done differently, um, taking a different approach. Um, and I've lived with those regrets for a long time. And, uh, when the accident happened, uh, one, I didn't even know it happened. I don't, don't remember anything about it. I barely remember getting into the truck. But uh, I remember, you know, waking up and after being told, you know, what was going on and what the situation was, um, it was a shock without mm -hmm. a doubt, especially with the condition that my body was in. Um, but man, I'll tell you what, I was just overwhelmed and completely humbled by all the people that were surrounding me, um, by the outpouring of this love uh, that was being sent my way from uh, just people I hadn't talked to in years. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, knowing what the situation was as far as how much, how closely I came to losing my life. Um, just being able to breathe, being able to, hell, just being able to see my son grow up. Um, I'm incredibly thankful just for being here, you know, just for having the life that I have, being able to, you know, be on the show with you guys. I mean, oh. I can't even, I can't even describe it, man. I mean, it's just, it's a, uh, it's a life changing event. It really is. I mean, it, it makes you really put into perspective um, what you have and, you know, what's, what's, uh, what's what's important what's not important Let, let's so. uh dan let's go back because a lot of people I, I gave a little bit of summary of what happened but uh sure yeah i think it would be um remiss and here you are this this amazingly talented guy who who served on at the highest levels of the seal teams who did combat deployments overseas who took the fight to the enemy who came home took those amazing skills and was training other people on how to be uh, uh better shooters and better contractors and basically paying forward that knowledge you know growing a family you know you moved to texas and everything was great and then suddenly this this moment, this devastating life ambush came. So I, uh, I know you don't remember everything about the accident, but if you could tell everybody how it unfolded and, and sure. really the, the extent of your injuries, because your injuries were catastrophic. Uh, yeah, you could say that. So basically, uh, I had been having issues uh, over the years, while, even while I was still in the SEAL teams, um, times when parts of my face would go numb for a little bit. And, uh, um, I remember one time in particular, I was driving down, uh, um, Holland road and, uh, I got double vision and I look over at my, uh, my ex and, uh, I was like, I don't want to freak you out, but, um, are my eyes crossed? <laughs> and she's like, well, uh, wow. uh, I'm not uh, even drinking. Freak me out. But uh, no, your eyes aren't crossed. What's wrong? I'm like, I don't know. I'm, I'm seeing double. So there were things like that that would happen. And then in 2012, 
um, I had what I considered an anxiety attack. Um, and for the listeners out there who have ever had any issues with TBI, this is something to take note of. Um, it wasn't an anxiety attack. Come to find out that they were what they call micro seizures. And it started off and it typically starts off with the smell or taste of something metallic in your nose or in your mouth. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I experienced that, I had this overwhelming feeling of claustrophobia. Like the, the room, which I was in a good sized room, was just closing in around me. And honestly, guys, I, I, I went back to a river to uh, dive, dive pool comp. You know, when, when, the, when the, uh, the regulator gets ripped out of your mouth and you think to yourself, okay, well, I know for a fact that I have at least two minutes of good air before I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to basically be in trouble. And that's what I kind of w- went through, just kind of breathe through it. And that was the first time it happened. That was uh, summer of 2012. Um, Dan, where were you at when that happened? I was training uh, State Department guys uh, in uh, Memphis, uh, just north, 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 north of Memphis. Okay. Um, and it started you- happening regularly, at least, I would say, once, once or twice a month. Um, it didn't really hit me as far as how bad it was or how serious it was until after, uh, well, we both remember Dave Collins's uh, yeah. memorial. Yeah, yeah um, we do. And I remember that was the, one of the first memorials that we ever went to where I was looking around at men that I mentored under. Hey, and, I, and I'm going to interject, Dan, just because people out there, they might know not who know that is. And, and, and so Dave Collins was a teammate of ours that we served with. We all went through buds together. Dave was, you talk about a shining ray of positivity. I mean, the guy never Absolutely. didn't have a smile on his face. Yep. And like many of us, Dave saw a lot of combat. He was actually on my 2007 deployment in Iraq with me when I got wounded. Uh, Dave came home, finished his career, but he was on a downward spiral. Yeah. And um, it was really struggling. He wasn't sleeping, depressive episodes. And finally, uh, one day, basically texted his wife and said, hey, please pick up the kids. I'm not going to be able to do it today. And then took his life. Uh, Dave's wife being an incredibly smart woman basically said, Hey, autopsy his brain. And, and, uh, they did. And Dave had severe blast related CTE. Um, so it was a blow for all of us as friends of Dave's and, uh, something now I'm incredibly passionate about, but that's who Dave was. And Dan, go, go back, man. Sorry. I uh, just wanted people to understand who he was. Yeah. And the extent no, of no, no, you're, you're good. No. Honestly, Dave is one guy who I definitely want remembered. I mean, like you said, Dave is one of those guys where you could hang out with him all weekend long. And if you saw him, you know, uh, first thing on Monday morning, he would act like, you know, he would treat you like he'd never hadn't seen you in forever <laughs> as far as how, how you know, just in, how surprised and just honored he was to, to have you there in, in, in his in his uh, in his presence. Yeah, and he's just an amazing person. And uh, I mean, Jason, you and I were, you know, we were fortunate enough to grow up with him in the at, at SEAL Team 4. Um, well, anyway, you know, seeing all these guys that I knew and mentored under visibly shaken, and it was because they were all talking to Jennifer and finding out, or in, in between each other, finding out what the, uh, uh, his symptoms were and, uh, realizing that they're all the same symptoms that a lot of us were experiencing. Yeah. And, uh, so, I mean, I was, you know, I wasn't sleeping very much. Um, my sleep, sleep cycle was roughly two, three hours a night. And then sometimes I'd go for you know, a full day without a full night without sleeping. And then I just crash and start over again. Um, so what do you call it? I, uh, continued on. I, uh, after, after I had this one issue where I was on my way out to, uh, uh Kentucky and I was, uh, tr- actually teaching Kentucky state police, uh, tactical training and, uh, shooting and stuff like that. And I was about an hour outside of Louisville and uh, had one of those episodes. Now, when I would have one of, those, one of those episodes, I could do whatever I was doing without issue. I could drive, I could type, I could, you know, write. It would, you know, be hard, but I could concentrate on it and I could, I could do it. It wasn't debilitating to the point where it would keep me from, from actually, you know, doing the, the, uh, the act that I was, I was uh, engaged in. And uh, as I'm driving, um, I had one of those episodes and my, I had the double vision thing ended up pulling over and uh, it subsided. Well, it subsided and I called uh, Chris Friesenbrock who I did a platoon with him and uh, Chris 
uh, was a corpsman uh, for those who don't know in the SEAL teams. And uh, he'd also done work with a lot of the guys on the whole TBI studies. So I called Freeze and this was about 11 o'clock at night. And I'm like, Freeze, I said, hey man, I know it's been a long time, but uh, what do you know about TBI? He said, well, geez, Lick, you know, it's 11 o'clock at night. I haven't talked to you in about two years. And the person you're asking me about TBI, tell you what, I'm gonna ask you a series of questions. You just answer yes or no, and uh, we'll go from there. So I guess I answered yes too many times. And uh, he said, all right, here's what's gonna happen. He goes, I want you to clear your schedule. Um, uh, Dave Hall, another team guy, is going to be calling you, and Mike Day is going to be calling you. And at the time, both Mike Day and, and Dave Hall, both phenomenal team guys and good friends, um, they were basically vetting guys for going to the Carrick Brain Center doing the TBI studies. And uh, called, they, they called and talked to me for a little bit, and, uh, yeah, the following week I was sent out to Irving, Texas, and I uh, went through uh, the Carrick Brain Center. And, uh, you know, I'd never been blown up in an IED explosion or anything like that, but I was a breacher, had been on target, you know, multiple times when, you know, uh, 105s were coming down, that kind of thing. Um, but I was never, I was never blown up. So as soon as I got to Carrick, I was like, look, you know, Navy SEAL Foundation is paying a lot of money for me to be here. If I don't have TBI, I need to know now so that I can get out of here and, you know, save some money for the next guy who, you know, needs it worse than me. Mm -hmm. So like, just, just relax, just relax. And, and let's just, you know, see what we got. Well, come to find out they did diagnose me with uh, what they call breacher brain, uh, which is uh, it's, it's TBI. It's a form of TBI. Um, but it has to do with, it's, it's not so much where there's one overwhelming event. It's a cumulative type of deal where, there's all types of explosions that lead up to it. Um, and, you know, it's funny because my girlfriend, she uh, always laughs when I talk about this. Um, in the movie Concussion, uh, there's a scene where, um, uh, I can't think of his name, Will Smith is showing a, uh, um, an onion in a jar. And in that onion, it's basically floating in this, this uh, visceral, this, this liquid, this oil. And he said, when someone gets hit via punch or a sack via like a quarterback type of deal, um, it causes what they call a contra coup, where the brain bounces back and forth in the uh, in the skull. It's a great analogy of what happens to the brain, but the difference between what you know a boxer or a a uh, football player goes through compared to what we go through is we deal with what they call a coup contra coup, which they can't even count the number of times the brain bounces back and forth in your head, not to mention the overpressure wave affects things like the thyroid, the pituitary uh, gland, mm -hmm. all your organs and messes things up. So they, I went through a study and it helped me quite, quite a bit. Um, but it was a year later, roughly around uh, July timeframe, I had my first uh, grand mal seizure and it was while I was sleeping. Um, and Dan, what year is this? This was uh, 2016, July 4th. Okay. Um, woke up in the hospital, didn't know what the hell happened. I should no, actually that time I woke up, uh, fighting the, uh, uh, the paramedics that were in my room. <laughs> and I remember, remember my son was down the hallway and I remember he was kind of had this scared look on his face. I'm like, it's okay, buddy. It's okay. Which I don't even know if that's what came out of my mouth, but that's what I was going for. But, um, I remember I was fighting the uh, paramedics for a little bit and then I realized, okay, this something's going on bigger than me. Let's just go with it. Um, they told me it was a grand mal seizure, blah, 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 blah. Long story short, um, I didn't have another grand mal seizure until almost exactly a year later. And I was, uh, I was doing safety and security for oil and gas up in Ohio at the time. And, uh, I was by myself. I woke up lethargic, very, very sore, um, had bit the inside of my uh, lip and my tongue. Mm. So I knew that I had had one during the, during the night. Um, I called my ex and told her about it. She says, you know, it's almost been a year since it's exactly a year since the last time you had it. Um, well, we, uh, ended up moving out to Texas, uh, September of 2017. I remember that. Um, yep. My wife and I, uh, my ex and I, um, started having some issues and long story short, um, we decided that we were going to, well, she decided for me, but you know, it was decided that we were going to get a divorce. Um, I didn't take it very well. And uh, to be honest, it took about, it took three guys to uh, keep me from going after the guy who um, she ended up with. But 
one of my friends said, hey, look, um, um, there's a guy I want you to meet. It's a guy named Dave Babora. Dave Babora, he used to play for the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, I know. Yep. I know Dave. He's a good dude. Solid dude. Yeah. He runs the, uh, the Adaptive Training Foundation in uh, Carrollton, uh, Texas. And uh, phenomenal foundation where they bring in personalities who are veterans, lost limbs, issues, TBI, you name it. Also civilians, same, uh, same, same deal. Um, and he basically teaches them how to work out, how to uh, live life normally, so to speak. Yeah. And I went out and talked to him for a couple hours, and um, he's like, "Look, let's let's bring you out. Let's come on out on the floor with me. I want to introduce you some of the uh, some of the athletes." Mm-hmm. Well, one of the first guys they introduced me to was a, a guy named um, uh, Brian Aft. Brian was a, in the Marine Corps, got blown up um, in an IED, and. Uh, he lost both his legs below the waist to where he has nothing but like a little bit um, below, below his uh, pelvis on the left-hand side. And this dude is doing push-ups to where nothing's touching the ground, but his hands. And he's doing, he was like nice. doing 20. Wow. I mean, it was, it was, it was incredibly just uh, motivating. And uh, you know, I'm watching some of the other, other physical therapists and they're, you know, pushing the motivating and pushing the, uh, the athletes and I got right down in Brian's face. I'm like, all right, man, show me something. Come on, impress me. And he was on like 20 at the time. And at about wow. 24, he starts slowing down. I'm like, come on. I just started going off on <laughs> all the other PT, all the other physical therapists are looking at me like, God damn. <laughs> and Dave Abor looks at me. He's like, you're going to fit in just fine. <laughs> so uh, I started, you know, working with those guys just little by little. I, you know, wasn't like training them or anything like that. I was just basically... I would work out with them from, from time to time and just mo- help motivate them. Well, um, fast forward, uh, I met my now girlfriend about, I would say a little over a month and a half after, um, I got served with, the, with divorce papers and, uh, we had been together for about five months, September 4th rolls around and, uh, of 2018. And I was watching her kids her daughter and her son daughter was at the time, uh, 11 and her son at the time was nine. He was in the back seat. She was in the front seat strapped in. He was in the back seat strapped in. And, uh, we were actually driving. We were going to pick up my son who at the time was, uh, um, eight years old. And, uh, we were going to go to a park where we we're going to meet Christy, uh, my girlfriend. And, um, honestly, I don't remember getting in the car. I barely remember putting the kids in the car. Um, from what I understand coming from police reports and witness accounts, I was sitting at a light um, and the road was, was main thoroughfare in Flower Mountain, Texas, which is just north of Dallas. You had, I think, five lanes each side of the, of the, uh, the road. And uh, I crossed over. I ended up seized up. Both, both legs just nailed the floor and I nailed the gas. And I was driving uh, at the time I had a 2014 Ford Raptor. And uh, honestly, I, I tell you right, if I, if I was driving anything less than that, I'd have been, I'd be, I wouldn't be here right now. And it had to do with the fact that the Raptor's got a phenomenal suspension system. And I jumped the curb, uh, went into a uh, paralleling um, uh, driveway and parking lot. And I was basically going through the parking lots, um, scaring the hell out of the kids. I guess I, clipped a couple cars, went down an embankment and jumped. And we jumped about, I would say, they said about 10, 15 feet in the air, came down and the suspension took it. Uh, if I was driving a regular F-150, even personalities from Ford are like, oh yeah, the suspension would have crumbled and you would have flipped, which would have killed all four, all three of us. Um, but then I uh, landed, basically threaded the needle in between two telephone poles, so much so that there was rubber um, from the tires on either telephone pole and cross the street and slam into a tree. Uh, I wasn't going hundred miles an hour. They said I was estimated about 60, which still did the job. Um, Andrew was in the back seat. He ended up just crawling right out without any issue whatsoever. Um, Ava, her daughter was in the front seat with me and she had actually in, in the crash slid, slid through the harness and went in and got pinned in between the, uh, the seat and the uh, the dashboard luckily for her 
the way she was pinned, her face was um, facing away from me. I talked to the, uh, the paramedic that was the first in the scene and he said it was probably one of the worst things he'd ever seen. Um, he said that uh, they all thought I was dead at first. Um, they said that my left leg, the, uh, the, the shin, shin bone, the tibia basically just fra- completely uh, um, severed. It gave and fractured in half and it basically blew my leg apart. Uh, my right leg, they said it held tight to where it pushed up through my knee um, pushed up through my, uh, my thigh and where my thigh went up into my, uh, my hip and then my shin from the, from the knee and down just basically exploded. Um, the thing that he said it worried him when I finally came to was the fact that there was no blood pooling on the floor, which meant that I had massive internal bleeding. Yeah. Um, they, uh, it took them roughly about, I would say took them about 30 minutes to get Ava out of the, out of the truck. It took them another half an hour to get me out of it. Um, Christy, um, showed up on the scene. Um, Andrew had actually called, had gave the uh, paramedics her number and called her and she showed up on the scene about 10 minutes after the scene that everything happened. Now here's the thing. A lot of events that led up to this definitely, uh, it was like the, a series of fortunate events that kind of put me in where I were in, in the place where I was mentally and physically. Mentally wise, um, well, let's back up a little bit. Physically wise, um, when I showed up to Flower Mound, I was asked to talk to the uh, the fire department and members of, of, of their their fire chiefs and all those guys um, about flood rescue, um, about preparing their gear for water rescue and this that and the other. They had been donated zodiacs and some you know some uh, water stuff because of all the flooding that they had in 2015, but they didn't know how to use it. So I went and met with those guys. Well, I met the majority of the fire department, you know, from all throughout Fire Mound, Flower Mound and Denton County. So when the uh, fire department showed up, it wasn't like, okay, this is a nasty scene. It was like, holy shit, that's Dan. They recognized the truck right away. I tell you, it's always good to have firefighters with a vested interest in saving your life. Yeah, amen to that. Um, yeah. Amen. So they, uh, Chief Greaser, um, who was the chief of, of, of the uh, of Denton County, he actually uh, met with Christy and Christy lied to him t- saying that he was, he, that she was my, my wife and he actually protected her and brought her up to the truck to calm me down. Um, by then I had woken up and I was screaming, basically ripped me out of this truck and using a lot of obscenities that I won't go into. But uh, I don't, again, I don't remember any of it. Um, the car, the truck had caught on fire and they were using everything they could to uh, keep it out. Um, the truck had a 35 gallon tank on it and it was just leaking like a sieve and catching fire every time it would leak. Um, so she said that she was basically up to her, her, her uh, calves in ga- gasoline and uh, um, gasoline and uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, foam. Jesus. And uh, she just rubbing my back, trying to keep me calm. And, uh, they could not release my legs from the, uh, the, the dashboard. The steering column had pretty much wrapped itself around it. The firefighters were going back and forth on, do we put the uh, tourniquets on them now? Do we wait? Blah, 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 blah. And they waited, um, which was, it was fine. They, they, I was, I was uh, pretty much occluded the way I was at anyway. Um, they called in Life Flight, and uh, <clears throat> Life Flight was held in a, in a loiter um, for about, 20 minutes uh, overhead until they could actually get me out. And it was one of the uh, firefighters ingenuity was like, you know what? Screw this. He took a chain hooked my truck up to the, uh, the bumper of the fire truck and yanked my truck off of the tree. And when he did it, the steering column released my legs and they were able to put uh, tourniquets on me and throw me in the, uh, the helicopter. Um, wow. They said that I, uh, <clears throat> I, um, First off, Christy, Christy was one of the first ones to save my life in that um, Parkland uh, Hospital in Dallas, it's a teaching hospital. It's probably one of the, one of the best teaching hospitals that's there. And uh, their life light had been already being sent out to be used for at another crash. And Fort Worth had sent theirs to pick me up. Well, 
Chris, he was like, do not send him. He's not going to Fort Worth. He needs to go to Parkland. So they sent me to Parkland and it was the, the that right there saved my life and probably set me in the, the way I'm going now, as far as on the way to, uh, uh, to getting back to somewhat normal. Um, but they said that on the way to the, the, uh, um, on the way to the hospital, I coded in the ho- in the uh, helicopter. Um, they brought me back and then I got to the hospital and the trauma surgeon, a doctor named, uh, Dr. Michael Cripps, absolute genius. Um, he met with me. He said I was somewhat lucid and I was talking while I was in the ER and, uh, he said that he started walking away from me um, to check on something. And he said that spidey senses were tingling, turned around, and my sats just dropped. And uh, I coded for the second time. And this man who I had never met uh, jumped on my chest, and he ended up doing 45 minutes of CPR on me, um, breaking every rib on my body, um, dislocating my uh, sternum. And uh, he wasn't giving up. And, and, uh, and Dan, I just want to interrupt for people ahead. to understand. I mean, your story is so powerful, but you're, you're a big dude. Yeah. Like Dan is a big yeah. dude. I mean, Dan, how much did you weigh then? 245, 250? I was weighing about two, 250. Yeah. I'd been working out. I was coming down on, on, off, off of uh, uh, a hiatus, basically so, gaining way too much weight. So for, six, three, two fifty. So I've done CPR, you know, real world CPR, people that have done real CPR, it, it, dude, it is a physical effort. Like it takes yeah, effort yeah, to compress, out. especially for somebody as big as Dan. So 45 minutes, I guarantee that doctor was smoke check, sweat. They said that he was sweat from head to toe. Yeah. Um, in fact, he, he'd been doing it for so long that the ER, the, the sorry, the OR staff, um, they pretty much gurneyed me into the uh, the OR with him on my chest doing uh, compressions. You see it on TV all the time, but in this, I guess, you know, it really does happen. But uh, wow. he was doing it for so long, the, the OR team was actually ready to give up. He said they were actually getting ready to leave the room. And he said, like, don't go anywhere. He used, he used some different verbiage, but I won't, I'll save you from that. <laughs> he said he changed the angle as which, at which he was doing the, the compressions. And that's when I showed signs of life and uh, he started work. And, um, with me they uh i I bled out seven times the uh, the hospital went through 94 units of blood to keep me alive that's what i was waiting for i knew this we had this talk yeah how many units are in your body uh the average Uh, human body has eight to twelve yep wow so dan dan probably being on the eight on the 12 spectrum i was closer to the eight spectrum you're like more (laughs) the six luckily the uh you know while they were working on me um the fire chief who knew me uh, met with Dr. Cripps and asked Cripps, you know, what, what's the deal, blah, 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 blah. And Cripps was like, he's, I would give him right now, maybe a 5% chance. And he's like, look, man, I'm going to tell you right now, this guy was a Navy SEAL, um, which doesn't mean anything as far as, you know, as far as save a life or what, whatever. But um, he said, he's got a, a big following here and he's, he's a, he's a good man. People that know, you know, you're tough. Cause I remember, when I saw it, I remember Trish and I, we literally immediately, I, I don't know, I'm sure eventually you checked it or someone did, but you must've got 50 calls from me. Me, I'm worried, man. Where the fuck are you? I couldn't get a hold of you. Yeah. And I uh, remember Trish saying, if anybody, cause you know, shit was going around. It was, there wasn't conclusive information. It was Dan was in a serious accident. We th- think he lost a leg. We think he lost two legs. I remember yeah. Trish looked at me because, you know, obviously you've you've known her since the beginning. And she was like, if anybody sure. can get through this, it's Dan. Because, wow. dude, you are a mentally and physically tough, pardon my language, motherfucker. You will always have been. You always will be. I remember that. I, I remember that, that that night, you know, hearing they didn't know if you were going to make it through the night. And that's, no. I mean, that was just crushing. I don't, I don't, you know, I was getting different reports. People were texting me. I think there was Facebook messaging and. Oh, it was, dude, it was, it was, uh, it was viral. It was yeah. going around crazy. I mean, within the community, yeah. man, we were just, you know, praying for you and just pulling for you. And I just, I remember thinking about that and, uh, yeah. So hearing your play by play, is just powerful, man. So, yeah. So the doctor was like, look, you know, I've, I've worked on green berets. I've never worked on a Navy seal, but I'm sure as hell in the first Navy seal I worked on, I'm not going to lose him. Um, so he was pretty adamant about, uh, keeping me alive. And I say that, and then to kind of 
send it home to you. Well, um, can I, I mean, so when he was finished, did he say, you know, and I got to tell you, after having worked on Navy SEALs and Green Berets, you're much better looking and <laughs> yeah. tougher than they are. I just want to let you know he that. Said, so, <laughs> he, said, he said Navy he said, hands down, Navy SEALs are much better kissers, what he said. Boom. So, <laughs> Boom. Well, we know that's true. We know that's true. <laughs> we know that's true. Mm. But uh, no, he, what, what he did tell me, though, is uh, hospitals, because at that point, they usually think it's a lost cause, hospitals usually stop at 60 units as far as when they give, give, uh, give, unit, give you know, pe- are giving people blood. Yeah. So again, thankful. Um, so I guess I didn't wake up. As far as I know, I didn't wake up for a couple of days. Um, I know that I will give a shout out to Navy SEAL Fund and Navy SEAL Foundation. Um, Navy SEAL Fund, especially, they uh, they contacted my mother. Um, my mother was con- my mother and father were both contacted um, that evening. You know, when after it happened, and Navy SEAL Fund had uh, um, plane tickets for my mom and dad by eleven o'clock that night. They actually had them there at the hospital by by uh, ten in the morning the following day, and uh, even at that point in time, I'd only had like I only had like a fifty percent chance of still living. Amen. Um, when I uh, when I when I finally woke up and I I was having some really weird hallucinations and stuff like that, and I guess it was just basically what I understand me coming to and then going back under. But um, uh, a very close friend of mine, Seth Farwell. Uh, Navy yeah. SEAL from the West Coast. Oh yeah, um, Seth is just—he's a, a monster of a dude and just a phenomenal person. Um, I remember seeing him multiple times um, in those hallucinations. I'm like, all right, this is really weird to be hallucinating about Seth. Um, <laughs> and then uh, when I finally came to, um, I remember seeing this bright light. And no, this is not the proverbial bright light everyone sees talking to God. No, this was basically. I had a overhead light that was blinding, you know, from the ceiling in my eyes. And the next thing I, I see is uh, Christy. And then I see my cousin, John, who I hadn't seen since 2009. And I see uh, Seth, AKA monkey come into frame. And I'm thinking to myself, I can't talk because I, I was innovated at the time. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, if monkey and John are there, this is bad. Whatever's going on is bad. Um, now I don't, I don't know how familiar you guys are with, uh, with John Grant seal from the West coast. Um, John Grant, he I basically, try, I uh, try not to talk to those West coast guys. Hate those fucking guys. Yeah. <laughs> hate West coast. <laughs> fucking West coast sucks. <laughs> Much love. Long live the brotherhood. <laughs> Talking shit. <laughs> Absolutely. Wouldn't have, wouldn't, wouldn't have anything less. Anyway, John came back from deployment and, uh, him and his friend were, uh, driving from one place to another and they don't know what happened but um they ran off the road and his, the car flipped well john and if you look up on instagram under laura b pilates um it talks about his struggle and you want to talk about someone who's come 180 degrees from when he was uh in the hospital to where he is now it's amazing but the point of the point of the story is when he when john came to when he came, when he finally, when they, he was, they knew he was alive. Uh, John couldn't talk. Um, mentally, wasn't there. Um, doctors said that he wasn't going to be uh, functional. This and the other. Anyway, long story short, his wife didn't give up on him. So my first and foremost, I wanted to make sure uh, Christy and everyone knew that I was okay mentally. So you know, when I had the wits about me, I you know signaled to them, you know, give me something to write on. And they gave me a, uh, brought me a, a whiteboard and I wrote down, I couldn't, I, my, my right hand was all screwed up. So I could barely write, I'm okay. And it came out, I okay. Um, which I'm not sure how that was taken, but you know, they understood that I was still there somewhat mentally. But um, I started trying to vocalize and talk around the, uh, the innovation tube, which was not easy. And uh, finally, Chrissy and I were able to communicate. And the first thing I, I asked was, are the kids okay? And so is Ronan okay? And she said, Ronan wasn't, you were, you were in a crash. I'm sorry, that's right. I said, what's, what happened? And she said, you were in a, you were in a car accident. It was really bad, but you know, this and the other. And the first thing I said was, is Ronan okay? And she said, Ronan, it wasn't in the, he wasn't in the car. She said, um, Andrew and Ava were. And she said, my eyes lit up like saucers. And she said, no, 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 they're fine. They're okay. 
both of them, you know, Ava had a cut above her, uh, above her eye and a, and a black eye. And that was it. Um, thank God. God. It was, I mean, honestly, it was almost like, it was almost like at that brief second, right before impact, you know, God asked me what, 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 how do I want to, how do I want to play this? And I was just like, you know what? I'll take everything, leave them alone. Give it all to me. Yeah. Cause I, I'll tell you right now, if, if anything had happened to the, either of those two kids, I just been like, give me a gun, put it in my mouth, pull the trigger because I would not be able to live with that. You know what I mean? Hurt, hurting, hurting one of those kids. I wouldn't be able to live with that. But, um, so anyway, she, uh, she told me, you know, that basically, um, uh, Ronan was fine. The kids were fine. So I looked at her and I said, all right, how bad is it? And she said, do you want me to sugarcoat it? And I said, no, I want you to tell me. And she said, well, she said, it's pretty bad. She goes, uh, you lost both your legs. Uh, your, ba- your body's pretty broken up, but you're going to be okay. So she said that, you know, my eyes kind of widened. I got teary eyed. She goes, you're here. I'm here for you. And <clears throat> you have a lot of other people here here for you as well. We're and still here for you, brother. We're still here for you. And that's why I love you guys. You know, it's like this, man. I, like I said, I have a lot of regrets, you know, from my life, from my career, everything. And uh, I was overwhelmed and completely humbled by just the outpouring of, you know, love and support that was sent to me via email, text, uh, Facebook, whatever. Um, not to mention the, uh, the nurses at the, at the hospital said they'd never, ever felt safer their entire life because the waiting room was full of MMA fighters and Navy SEALs alike. Um, I mean, they should, there was at any given time, there's about 20 to 50 guys, people in, in the waiting room, just waiting to see me. My room had no less than 15 to 20 people in it at any given time. Yeah. And it was just overwhelming and just straight up humbling. Um, people I will say, People don't know you got some Go mad ahead. you got some mad fucking skills in the ring, brother. A lot of people don't know that. I do, but you this is not a man. I wouldn't fight you right fucking now. I know better. I've seen you. You are a big, destructive yet kind warrior, man. You you got well, I mean, <laughs> I will say this. You know, there's a hell of a lot better fighters out there than me, that's for sure. But I will say that I've uh, I've been ex- incredibly fortunate you know, like being trained by some of the best and being working with, having been working with some of the best instructors with regards to shooting, at the same time, I was there's out there. Um, I mean, you know, you know, I won't get into it, but I had a, a butt ton of people that were there that were just phenomenal individuals uh, and just people who were just mentors in my life that I really could never begin to thank anyone all the people who, who did show up uh I'm rambling now Dan but, uh, Dan let's uh so man I mean this story is just incredible I mean from the from the start of the traumatic brain injury incidents all the way to the just the horrific accident to wake up in that moment and find out wow I you, you know I'm not going to sugarcoat it you know your body's crushed and you're missing yep. your legs, you know, you started a whole new journey of recovery. And I mean, I, I, I can empathize with that. I remember when I first started mining, you know, our injuries are so different, but you know, it is that moment where you have to start. How do I build my new, how, how do I get myself to my new hundred percent? And that's the journey Absolutely. you've been on now. Um, I'd like to hear about that. And there's so many lessons that people are out there right now that are, maybe they're going through cancer. Maybe they're, Maybe they've suffered a grievous accident. You know, maybe they're a wounded warrior that's listening to this and they're like, dude, how do I get through what I'm going through, man? You've got a wealth of knowledge right now after a year and, you know, a little over a year that you've been going through. I know you and I talked about, you know, uh, you know, the, the, some of the struggles you had starting to walk. So I'd love to hear that your road to recovery. And what are some of the biggest lessons that you've learned that you could pass on to others or your biggest lesson learned, you know, like what was the the pinnacle lesson learned, you know, the one that if you had to pick one, do or die that you learned. Cause I think that's the, that's what people are going to, going to retain. Well, starting off with, uh, with Ray, 
Um, I think the biggest lesson that I've learned is just, I guess, patience. Um, you know, and I'll, I'll, I'll start off by saying, I don't care just like with, with, with Jay. Yeah. You know what? Our, our injuries are, are definitely different, but at the same time, it's all relative, you know, someone going through cancer, someone, um, you know, breaking a leg, someone going through depression, it's all relative. You know, it's one of those things to where if you're not able to be you at a hundred percent, then, you know, it's, it's, there's a struggle in your life and you need to find what I like to call your new normal. Um, I will never be the Dan Licardo that I used to be. It's just the way it is. It's, it's what I've had to come to terms with. Um, I won't be able to run, um, as fast. I'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't be able to do a lot of things that I used to do, especially as well as I used to do them. Um, but I'm here and it's going to take time, but I'll get to the point where I will find my new normal. And that's the biggest thing to remember is just be patient. Um, and you can't, you can't compare yourself to anybody else. Uh, there have been a couple guys that I've dealt with who were very uh, profound. It was, it was profound to have them there for me when I first uh, was in the hospital. And it had to do with the fact that they had injuries just like me. And uh, they're like, look, man, I'm going to tell you straight. Right now, this point, this is the worst it's going to be. This is the worst part. It gets better. It's gonna, it sucks. It's going to suck for a while. But I promise you this, it does get better. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, those same guys, they were blown up. Both of them blown, in, blown up in IEDs. One of them stepped on a landmine. Um, and uh, they were pretty much mirror image of me. Uh, both of them are below the knee uh, on the right side, above the knee on the left side. The one in, in, in particular, when I asked him about walking again, he's like, yeah, you know, I went down to the Center for the Intrepid, which is where I'm at now. Um, and uh, he said, when they first got me onto my legs, uh, you know, I just basically took off and started walking, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, okay, well, great. Yeah, well, my first time getting in my legs, I have a, a video of my son um, at 11 months old taking his first steps. He did a hell of a lot better than I did. Put it that way. I got that <laughs> video. I got that video. <laughs> what people don't know is I actually got that video before everybody else because you were wearing, and this is no plug, but I loved it. You were wearing my fucking shirt. You could have worn any shirt in the world and you wore my Conquer shirt unless you walked beforehand and I'll punch you in the face because you just nope. did that to make me feel happy. No, I'm serious. Nope. Um, I, I think it was the probably one of the best of two shirts you could have ever worn because the other one would have been overcome. Well, I don't have an overcome shirt, so hint, hint, wink, wink. Uh, um, we'll we'll rectify that situation <laughs> for sure. So. No, but uh, I look at it like this. You know, they didn't have any injuries above the waist. Um, myself, my pelvis was shattered. Um, I it was actually it was what they call an open book fracture, uh, broken in three different places. My right hip was completely shattered. Luckily. And this is why I was incredibly fortunate to go to Parkland Hospital. The uh, ho- the doctor who uh, put me back together again, as far as my hip, the procedure he used to put my right hip back together again, he actually utilized the procedure that's actually named after him. So, you know. Anyway. Um, hip was 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 completely toast, every rib broken, uh, my uh, clavicle was broken, uh, sternum, or my sternum, my uh, sternum was dislocated, my scapula was broken in, uh, in nine different places. Um, my right thing, my right hand, uh, I had a fully internal, fully internally, uh, 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 not decapitation, but, uh, um, my my it was completely severed my my left wrist internally yeah dan um, i was actually there uh, i had come to visit you right as that uh as that happened uh, when you found out about that i remember being there but uh about being about having to be fused yeah yeah because i we i talked to you about it um 
But listen, man, we've talked you up. What an amazing beast and, you know, beautiful man you are. I know there's a ton of women out there that are just wondering, you know, the, uh, the piping still works. The piping still works. Yes. <laughs> and and it's my second question is, I heard Ray sent you a glossy of him. Ray wants to know if his picture helped with the piping working. Of course it did. <laughs> He's actually got it hanging <laughs> on his ceiling. I see it. Anytime I, anytime, I can, anytime I can see a picture of, especially eight by 10 of Care Bear, yeah, man. Care why does, uh, people why does, don't know Care Bear. They know Cash. Why does the yeah? Uh, we need to bring Care up Bear Care Bear. Now. Care Bear was the. A lot of people don't know that back in Buds, Ray was known as Care Bear. <laughs> yeah, that was that was many moons ago. Yeah. Wow, Dan, I totally forgot many about moons, that. Many moons ago, but it still holds. It's true. still like when I experimented with boys in college. But no, that's that's just a phase. <laughs> Dan, are, it was hey, you. What the fuck are you those, laughing about? Those aren't pillows. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Well, listen, man, Dan, that is, I, I know that there's so many people out there right now. Um, dude, I mean, your journey and you're still on it, man. You're still walking it. You and I talked the other day and, uh, and, and it is, I mean, anytime you suffer a catastrophic life ambush like this, uh, you will carry the scars forever. You will carry the mental, the physical and the emotional scars, but dude, you are going to crush it. And right now in this show, there are people out there that are motivated and inspired. You are a guy that that night, uh, what, I don't know what the odds were. Did they give you a 5% chance? I think that's what I remember them telling me. You know, he had, a, you it, was had initially, it was initially 5%. So you had a 5% chance of making it out alive. And this is one of these pivotal moments that people have where you have a choice once you came out the other side, Dan, you chose to drive forward. You chose to be relentless. You chose to overcome and you chose to conquer your injuries, which is amazing. It's everything this show is about. So for everybody out there that's going through some kind of life ambush, like we talked about, whether you're, whether maybe you're going through cancer or maybe, you know, maybe you're that mother that's out there and you've been diagnosed with breast cancer and they're saying, Hey, we're going to have to do a mastectomy. You can't drive forward. Maybe you've been, you know, hit with some life-threatening accident, illness, whatever it is, you can push forward Dan Licardo is a shining example of that. You're still on the journey, brother. And I love it because it brings us back to the word of the day. You're on this journey, but most importantly, you are thankful. Yes, sir. Thankful. Yes, I am. Oh, man. That is just powerful stuff. It's where so, I'm speechless. So we're, we're going to close the show on that, everybody. I mean, in this world, just, you know, hit off with all the negativity. You never know when your time is coming. Yeah. You never know when that moment is coming, this pivotal moment that's going to change your life. And uh, it may be your time where you're moving on to the great beyond, or it may be your time that it's going to be the great reset where you start a whole new path. No matter what, you got to learn to be thankful. Dan, I'll, I'll, I'll let you close with just a couple minutes. Just say, how important it is, how critical critical it is to be thankful for those people out there. I want to wrap this show up. Get them, Diamond Dan. Yeah, man. It's just uh, like I said before. Just be thankful for for uh, the people you have in your life. Um, and you know, if you if you have something to say, say it. You know, don't be afraid to say I love you. I do it to all the boys, all, all my guys. Um, not afraid. Don't care. Um, yeah, speak your mind and be thankful. I Amen, love it, brother. He hey, is, we love yeah. we love you, bro. Yeah, you're a stud, you. man. You're gonna keep uh, you're gonna keep rocking it, and, and I owe you an overcome shirt for sure. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> and an eight by ten glossy. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode of the Overcome and Conquer Show. I mean, what an incredible episode! If you are not motivated and fired up, listening to this story. I tell you what, you need to check your pulse. Yeah, no shit. So, Amen. Uh, Amen. All right. This has been the Overcome and Conquer Show. I am Jason Overcome Redman. And I am Ray Cash Care. And we are out. Boom. Thanks for listening to the Overcome and Conquer Show. Tune in next time. And please remember to subscribe on iTunes. Please visit overcomeandconquer.com.
The Overcome and Conquer show is presented by The Project. The Project is a full immersion, 75-hour experience designed for men who know in their core they are not living up to their fullest potential. Rather than waking up every morning ready to dominate life, the mediocre man rolls out of bed and slides into the same unfulfilling routine they've unhappily been in for way too long. The Project is for men that have lost their eternal flame and motivation to conquer. It is for men living an unfulfilling life that lacks the excitement and purpose. If this resonates with you and you want to learn more, we encourage you to apply today at www.mdkproject.com forward slash OC show. Boom.